987 News. Now, we're talking Power Perspective with Lawrence Cavani. Mondays to Thursdays, 9 to midnight. Okay, it's a us now, past a 10 second hour of a Power Perspective. Let's uh, talk about this uh, hot potato of a subject in reparations. I see uh, historian Professor Sir Hilary Beckles, Vice Chancellor at the University of West Indies, Chairman of the CARICOM Reparations Commission, going to deliver the keynote address. It's going to be at the lecture that's going to be held at UJ this, this week on uh, reparations. And uh, the convener is uh, Dr. Pinky Mekwe, who's also on the line to talk to us. Uh, let's first start with uh, Dr. Pinky Mekwe. Good evening to you. and uh, welcome. Good evening, Lawrence. And thanks so much for joining us this evening here on Power Perspective. Happy to. Thank you. Why the need for this kind of a, of a lecture? And is it for the first time hosting this kind of a, of a, of a talk? The University of Johannesburg places internationalization as one of its key priority areas. Mm. And one of the ways in which we live this is to have experts um, in different fields come from different parts of the world to talk to us about cutting-edge issues, to talk to us about issues that speak to our own reality here mm. in South Africa. And so the international leadership platform that Professor Beckles will be speaking on is something that we started um, back in 2012. Okay. So this is not the first one. It's the first one for 2014. Okay. How, how broad is the subject? Is it all about reparations? Uh, what other... Uh, uh, issues are you going to be touching on? You would probably be aware that um, there has been um, this to push the United Nations to recognize 2014 to 2024 as a decade for people of African descent. Yeah. South Africa um, is a facilitator in this process. And so we see the issue of reparation as it is right now being championed by a curriculum as something that is close to our own reality in South Africa, sticks to issues such as our truth and reconciliation process. So there are certainly meeting points, and it is useful mm. in our view that we look at what is happening in other parts of the world, particularly with global Africa, and see how it reflects on our own reality in South Africa, and bring in our um, students in particular to listen to experts that they would not normally um, have access to on an everyday basis. What will that do? I mean, to some of the people will ask uh, the question of uh, reconciliation and uh, the spirit that we have adopted. Uh, if, if we're going to revisit this issue, uh, are we not opening up uh, old wounds, uh, Dr. Mikwe? It gets us to reflect on our own realities, um, Lawrence. Sometimes uh, that requires that we open up wounds, certainly. Uh, but if wounds need to be opened up, and they get to be opened up, you know, that we can finally have full closure mm. and total healing. I think it is only useful and necessary. But more than anything else, it is about dialogue. It is about common understanding. It is about learning from each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to bring in uh, Professor Sir Hilary Beckles there, uh, who's going to be uh, delivering 
a, a keynote address. Uh, there's a lecture. Obviously, the lines open up one nine eight seven triple zero. You can uh, give us your views or maybe ask questions. That uh, SMS line double four six double three will cost you one hundred and fifty. The Twitter handle is at uh, Power FM nine eight seven. That email address Power Perspective at uh, powerfm.co.za. Eight minutes now past uh, uh, ten. That's our time. Uh, Professor Sir Hilary Beckles, good evening. Welcome to to Power Perspective. Uh, good evening, Lawrence. Uh, good evening to you and uh, and all the best to your listeners. Thank you so much. You, you're going to be delivering this uh, keynote address at uh, this occasion. We don't want to spoil it uh, before you do it. What, what, what would be the main message, though, that that you uh, that you like your audience to hear? Well, effectively, I think this this 21st century is is going to be the century of uh, reparatory justice for African people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some horrendous crimes committed against our people in the 15th, in the 16th, and the 17th centuries. Mm-hmm. We've had emancipation processes in the 19th century, and and in the 20th century, we were able to build nations. So. We built nation states, we built independent countries in the 20th century. Yeah. But this 21st century, in the long scheme of history, will be the century dominated by the politics of repatriate justice. Okay. I don't know if you have your radio set on there. If you, you do have it, please, I'm going to ask you to switch it off because uh, we're getting a howl back from my side. Um, please, I don't know if it's that you, Dr. Mepe? Um, no, Okay. We don't have any of it. Okay. Okay. okay, then, uh, uh, Prof, w- w- yes. w- what has been your experience? I mean, as a chairperson of uh, CARICOM Repar- uh, uh, Repatriations Commission. Uh, Reparations Commission. Yeah. That, uh, the, the, yes. What, what does the commission seek to address and some of your experiences that you can share with us in this country? Well, for years, uh, Caribbean, um, Africans in the Caribbean have been saying uh, that the, the legacies of slavery and the, the legacies of colonization have, have less scars than uh, horrendous developmental challenges in the region. Uh, we have some uh, chronic problems associated with illiteracy, with, with poverty, uh, awful housing. Uh, now we have uh, an epidemic of chronic diseases, uh, hypertension, diabetes, ravishing through Caribbean societies, and all of these are related to the legacies of the colonial process. Now, mm. the governments of the Caribbean have invested very, very heavily uh, in uh, removing some of these um, debilitating circumstances. The governments have tried their best to uh, rehabilitate the majority of the population, and to some extent they've done well. But the challenge remains that the mess which has been left behind by the colonial rulers mm. is so deep um, that it does in fact require that they come back to the table and participate in the process of removing these legacies. Mm. The national governments cannot do this by themselves. Uh, this is not about mendicancy, it's, it's not even about handouts. It's about saying to those who are responsible for the situation to say that the future requires reconciliation. But we can do this together, and we must do it together. You have a role to play. Come back to the table. Let's talk about it. Mm, mm, mm. Has your commission succeeded in some of its endeavors of uh, addressing these issues of reparations that you're talking about? We are in the formative stages at the moment. In fact, uh, the commission is having its second meeting in Barbados uh, in two weeks' time. Mm. And uh, we will be gathering there uh, for three days of discussions. What we will seek to do is, first of all, to establish 
all of the legacies of slavery and slave trading, all of the problems we see in the communities that do require address and redress, and we're going to look at these. Mm. We're going to look at all of them. I have a special interest in, in, in the chronic diseases epidemic in the Caribbean. Mm. Why? Because black people in the Caribbean have the highest percentage, highest incidence of, of high blood pressure and diabetes in the entire world. And this has to do with the 400 years of, of slavery and the consequences, the apartheid which was put in place in the Caribbean after emancipation. Now, it requires a massive bio, biotechnical and scientific uh, investment in order to turn around this epidemic. Mm. The governments of the region cannot do this by themselves. They're not responsible for it. The European governments have to play a role in assisting us to rebuild people. Mm. These are people who have descended from slavery. They're suffering issues of ill health. Now, as you know, when the Europeans, when the Europeans left the Caribbean uh, and most of the Caribbean countries became independent in the 1960s, 80% mm. 80, 80 of the black people in the Caribbean were illiterate. Mm. And they were left in a state of illiteracy after 300 years of British rule. You then say to a society, if you take Jamaica, for example, mm. Jamaica is our largest society. Yeah. When, when Jamaica became independent in 1962, 65% of all the black people in Jamaica were illiterate. They were then asked to build a nation with three quarters of their people illiterate. It cannot be done. Yeah. And it continues, despite massive investments in education, it continues to be a problem. So the Europeans really have to come back and to participate in rebuilding a development model for the Caribbean. This is what reparations is all about, a developmental strategy to remove the worst legacies of a terrible history. Yeah. Why are you addressing these now? I mean, 50 years on, over 50 years, you've been saying that some of these countries have been independent since the 60s. Why now? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the challenges with reparations, uh, weak, weak communities and weak nations do not ever receive reparations. Reparations, unfortunately, is a process about strength and power. Weak communities, disorganized communities, do not receive reparations. Mm. The first 30 years of independent governments in the Caribbean, they were not confident. Uh, they came into independence, they were still reliant uh, upon the European nations for aid and for other forms of action. They were not confident. It has taken them now 30, 40 years confident enough. Yeah. And even, even now, they are still being threatened with all kinds of international actions if they take this path but they have decided to take this path mm, mm, mm. and uh, yeah professor that's uh, Henry Beckles that's uh, the, my guest on the line as well as uh, the Dr. Pinkini talking about this uh, lecture that's going to be taking place at UJ reparations you're welcome to uh, join the conversation on 0861 987 SMS line is double four six double two. That uh, Twitter handle is at uh, Power FM nine eight seven. Email address Power Perspective at uh, Power FM dot co dot Prof, what kind of cooperation are you getting from this uh, former colonialist? 
Could you repeat the question, please? I say, what kind of cooperation, when you talk reparations uh, for these uh, Caribbean islands, are you getting colonialists? Well, you know, the first thing we have to do, and we will do, is to conduct all of the research that is required. Mm. Then the Commission will submit a document to the Caribbean governments. The Caribbean governments will then have to decide how they are going to proceed with this matter. Are they going to open bilateral conversations with the various European governments? Mm. I noticed recently that the government of Sweden, Sweden was not a major slave-owning nation in the Caribbean. They had two small islands. But a Swedish official has recently said that they are looking forward to talking to us yeah. because they, rec they recognize that they have to do some, some reparatory action uh, in respect of their history. Yeah. So we are hoping that when the documentation is submitted, that the European governments will wish to sit down with Caribbean governments and develop a strategy to work through some of these difficulties. Yeah. Of course, there is also the International Court of Justice. Resolve these matters in the, in the way that we would expect, which is to engage in, in a development discourse through diplomacy, then the path would be through the International Court of Justice. Yeah. Let me bring in a caller who's uh, calling from uh, Pretoria, Isaac, on the line. Hello, Isaac. The question here, I think of, uh, uh, Prof, what, what's your take on the international donor uh, funds that are given to other countries for developmental purposes on many different programs like HIV and AIDS and so on and so on and so on? And, and how does it come into play as far as reparations are concerned? Thank you, Doris. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the fact is that the, the experience that African peoples have gone through in the last three to four hundred years has been absolutely unique in the history of the world. This is not difficult to establish. We know Africans have gone through a, a particular experience. Uh, the, the, the wealth of Africa was taken out of it. African people were taken to the New World and they're exploited as slaves for 400 years. That journey has had a distinct set of consequences. Those consequences continue to undermine the efforts of African people everywhere to go forward in an orderly fashion. Mm. Much of our resources, much of our energy, a lot of our intellectual capacity. I am here as a historian. I'd rather be at home writing books right now than talking about this. Mm. But, you know, but we have to be with these matters. We have a responsibility to help the upliftment of our people in all areas. Mm. The, 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 the plague of HIV and AIDS uh, linked to poverty, uh, linked to illiteracy, linked to, to, to deep endemic unemployment, mm. low self-esteem. All of these matters are, are interrelated to health. Yeah. These are public health issues. And, you know, the best solution to resolving public health issues has always been education, upliftment, motivation, and, and you know what? A positive view of the future. Yeah. So we have a lot of work to do, not only in Africa, the Caribbean, Brazil, and all of the areas where African people are. We have to do a lot of upliftment. And, um, and reparations is an attempt to say mm. those who are responsible for these consequences must participate and helping to resolve them. I think the question, Prof, uh, that I put the other way around is uh, what forms, what kind of forms can this reparation take? If uh, some countries are saying, we are donating money to this country, we're helping them out with the schedule of AIDS, is that good enough? If some people are saying that we're giving bursaries to some of the students of African descent 
and uh, that's enough uh, as far as we're concerned. Or, you know, reparations should only come in a certain form. It is indeed true that many um, European countries that have enriched themselves out of the colonial exploitation of African peoples, that their labor, their resources, their countries have said yes, that we do give aid. But guess what? Uh, aid is a gift. Uh, reparations is about your entitlement. It is not about handouts and gifts. You have an entitlement to this form of support. You begin, first of all, with the apology. It is not only about money. Mm. It is about the apology. The first thing you would expect is for people who have been the beneficiaries of these crimes against humanity to apologize to the victims of these crimes and to say, well, you know, we apologize for these. The European governments so far have all refused to apologize to the African people for enslaving them. They have time and time and time again issued what they call a statement of regret. A statement of regret, the same as an apology. Yeah. And I hope you know the difference, uh, Lawrence, because mm. if I if I step if I step on your foot and you, you scream in agony, I can issue a statement of regret. A statement of regret says, listen, you'll suffer some pain, I'm sorry, go away and be done with it. Mm. An apology says, I have stepped on your foot, I have caused you some pain, can I take you to the doctor and see if the damage that has been done mm. will require my assistance? Yeah. That is the fundamental difference. And the reason why the European countries have refused to apologize, but to issue statements of regrets, is because they do not wish to be responsible for the consequences of the crimes they have committed. But we begin there, and we must begin there. Then we begin with public health, with, with education. For example, in the Caribbean, you know, there isn't one slavery museum. There are four slavery museums in Britain built by the British government for British citizens to visit. There isn't one in the Caribbean. Am I going to ask a Caribbean government to take $10 million and build a slavery museum? That is the responsibility of the British government. Yeah, yeah. That is the responsibility of the French government, the Dutch government to build institutions that reflect this history so people can learn their history. So, you know, it's about institutions, it's about development, it is not about handouts or aids, it's about making investments from the wealth that you have created, invest in the people who you have victimized. Interesting. Talking to historian Professor Sir Hilary Burkles, Vice-Chancellor at the University of West Indies, Chairman of the CARICOM Reparations Commission, as well as uh, Dr. Pinkimi uh, talking about this uh, upcoming lecture that's going to be taking place at the uh, UJ on reparations. Fascinating. You can uh, join us on the line on 87000. Uh, the SMS line is 44622. It will cost you 150. The Twitter handle at PowerFM987. That email address, powerperspective at uh, powerfm.co.za. 23%. It is very interesting that we are seeing a tit for tat politicking for a democracy that is so young. And that to me means that we are still an immature democracy. And if people are taken by these houses or the hype, 
that the politicians are selling. We need to also look at ourselves and say, are we developing as a voting nation? People are desperate. You know, if you come to me, I don't have a house, I'm living in a shack, and you say you're going to build me a house, and all I have to do is vote for you, I might just do it, because I just all I want is a roof over my head. Whether or not we are maturing as a voting nation, I, I seriously doubt you, eh? Thanks, Bongiwe. Bongiwe and Hatfield. Power drive. Power drive.